You're watching WRKM Channel 22, number one in the region. Shout out to our affiliate out in Fairfield, California, for bringing you, as demanded, I believe, this will end in darkness. But I must warn you, people of Fairfield County, California, this broadcast is for mature audiences. There will be curses. There will be concepts. There will be adult-oriented stuff. So get your kids the fuck away from the TV. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the queen. Um, the queen's dead, so that inches us closer to a checkmate. What was it like to be the queen? We'll figure that out. Chris Jenner, is she the greatest pornographer of all time? We're about to find out. She has an unreleased trilogy of films, and I need to know. Was there a collective storyline? Was this sprouting off the universe? And lastly, we talk about the end. How close are we? Are things in cycles? Is time a flat circle? I don't know any of these concepts. I just like saying them out loud. You know what time it is. You know what day it is. If you're not watching it on that time that day, it's whatever date and time you want it to be. Let's have the conversations we can't have when the sun is up. Good evening. I'm Rafael Martinez, and this will end in darkness. This past week, the world lost a person, an icon. Some admired her, some reviled her, some were indifferent. I tended to be more in the indifferent camp. She was just this old lady that was around all the time. I never knew what she did. I never cared. Then I found out what she was, and I was a little intrigued. And I, was, I thought about her a bit. You know, I'm not going to say I knew her life story. I'm not going to say I have any profound words to say about how she moved within the world of politics and other social, I guess, scandals or standards or however you choose to look at it. But I did think a lot about the queen mum idea. Here's this woman who has to be 
an icon for an entire nation of its dignity, of its history. Born into it, by the way. So you're born into it. You don't even get a choice in the matter. You're in. Where are the other options? No. Go be a normal person? See, I always hate that. That, that story idea in movies. That the royal person chooses to go be a normie. Why would they? It's stupid. And they learn how to live a life. Like, n- no. Their life, however you choose to view it, is an experience in its own. I've always tried to understand people with power. Maybe that's some part of me that wants to be part of that group to at least understand it, to feel like I'm on the inside. We talk often about power structures here. We talk often about who these kind of people are, what they're willing to sacrifice to get there. So I often think about people of power as just people. You know, what what makes these people who they are? And me and Bobby talk about it you know, off camera a lot. And I think when you think about the queen, or at least how I choose to view her, is that that woman must have seen some shit. And in, in consider the things we know about that are public knowledge. Like, really think about it. Marital affairs, estranged bedfellows, deaths of mysterious circumstance. That's probably just the tip of the iceberg of the shit she knows. Countless marriages, countless infidelities, countless divorces. This entire family has not lived up to a royal ideal, I guess. And even if it is kayfabe, you know, we talk about kayfabe all the time. There should be a level of kayfabe to it. You know, if there are going to be royals, if we're going to be subjected to them, and a celebrity as well, should they not represent something? I don't think everyone can be flawed. I do think there needs to be supermen, people who are ideals almost. Now the question becomes, what do you sacrifice to keep those ideals relevant? To keep those ideals um, seen in a positive light? I don't know. It's up to the individual. But I do think there should be some people who are better than people. Because they just are. Michael Jordan is better than most people. Yeah, he's got a gambling problem. And he can do things you can't. That are actually valued. I don't begrudge those in power and those with talent either. Hey, if you're born into it, look at a draw life of that person of that kind of status is amazing it's one of fine foods and fine linens and fine women bring me a pepperoni pizza with a little bit of sausage on it a batman suit made by balenciaga and your finest maldovan concubine she will most likely be an influencer she's in it for the travel blog so she'll get a nice post on the private jet and a picture in my bathroom with my mirror. Because women love taking bathroom mirror selfies. And in a royal bathroom, it's the best mirror selfie she's going to get. It kind of rivals the Drake 
bathroom mirror selfies so many women take when they're invited to, I believe he calls it Buckingham. My issues with fate, not the dude in power. Though, he could be a better person. They could all be better people. The queen probably could have been better. Maybe she could have gave the jewels back that she had from conquered lands. Or maybe that's just the cost of conquest. And we all know it. More is going to give it back now. Call me old school. You know? I'm a, I'm a real finders keepers kind of guy. But in this case, it's more of a conquerors conquer and everyone else is fucked. But I am old school. I am old school in that way. Let me tell you, giving anything back now doesn't fix anything. Especially when China's going to own it all anyway. China already has its claws in Africa. No interest rates on fucking loans to bail out their banks? Come on. That stuff we know. Imagine what the queen knows. Imagine the real backstage shit she knows about some of the most powerful people. And her job is to keep that here. And just be smiling. I'm going to host the parties where the future of the world is dictated. But man, does my dress not look pretty. That was her job. Now probably behind the scenes she's doing a bit more. This, that's something I notice sometimes in those kind of elite power circles. There's always at least one woman they respect. Because somehow she's just, just as good as the guys. And I feel like the queen was probably that girl. Like she was part of the crew. She was the den mom. You know, she made, made sure everybody ate. Everyone went to bed on time. But she ran shit. You know? Imagine what she knows. That woman has like real fucking world breaking secrets. That if she slipped once, it has the multitudes of ways. Unfathomable. And you also think. Like, look at her son, Prince Andrew. He's, he's an Epstein guy. Look at her son, Charles. He cheated on his wife publicly. Like, you have to look at your kids and be the queen still. And be the queen still. You can't let that slip now. Stay smiling. Keep it together while your family publicly embarrasses you. Keep it together. Because this whole shit revolves around you. And if you slip once, that's the, that's the end. It's over. That is insane. None of us can handle that pressure. Most people can't handle it. It's one of my favorite things about watching Succession. Because everyone thinks 
they would be successful at succession. And they wouldn't. Because if the show doesn't tell you what to do, what are you really going to do? When you start to having, when you start to have to rely on your own traits and rely on your own skills, what do you really got? That's the time to be honest. That is the time to be honest. So when I think of this woman, that's what I think about. And that is the most gangsta ass shit you could ever see. She was a real ride or die. Yes, colonialism was bad. Horrible. She was better than most. That has to start mattering at some point. Like, we have to start better. Better than most needs to be something. That should be a step before full-on canceling. Better than most. There's a middle ground to these things. And truthfully, because I look at the queen this way, and because I believe... That in like, think about this for a minute, right? Not to go sidetrack, but think about this for a minute. When that human brain is taken out of that body, it starts to deteriorate. And the secrets that she knows are deteriorating with it. There's things only she knows that are going to the fucking grave. Shit about people we know or see on TV and shit. Telling you, man, 70 years in the game, 70 years in the game. That table bouncing is going to be annoying to some listeners. I apologize. But 70 years in the game. Respect. Ain't never snitched either. Ain't never snitched. I'm going to tell you right now, she's more gangster than most dudes I know. Like, I'm talking about hood dudes I know. She's more gangster than them. Because she ain't never say shit. Zipped lips to the end. I respect that. But what a burden it must have been. To know that these, you can't tell anybody any of this shit. And I think that's why I would make a good member of the royal family. Now, back on episode 10, Royal Blood Sacrifice, that's no longer available publicly for a short time. Legalities, you know... Maybe now that we're expanding to different states and different countries, we can start, you know, a campaign to get these episodes back. Cross your fingers. You can actually, you know, you know, matter of fact, let us know if you want the old episodes back. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at T 
T-W-E-I-D show or at this one in darkest on Instagram. I do prefer Instagram. I'm going to be honest with you, but I'll do Twitter if you want me to. And if you want to see the video of this podcast, see what I look like and all that, we're on YouTube. We're on the YouTube. But I do think I'd be a great member of the royal family. And I, and back on episode 10, I tried to make a very compelling case. And they hadn't heard me then. But I just want to reiterate. I will do anything to get into the royal family. I don't care who I have to marry. Woman, man, whatever. I just want in. I want in on the inner sanctum. I want to know the shit they know. Prince Harry doesn't even want to be a royal anymore. That means a spot is open. And I can take that spot. He's ungrateful. He gets to be part of something. Now he's just attached to a failed actress. That is a fall off. People pretend to like her acting now. That's how you know she's untouchable. Now everyone watches Suits. No one watched Suits back then when I was watching it. It was like me, my friend Brittany, and two other people on Twitter talking about it. He, the boy's down bad. But him being down bad does not mean I can't have a come up. Last time we spoke about this, I said a number. I, I said the amount of family members I would sacrifice to get in to the royal family. Now, the rem- to, for the reminder of the rules, to get in, in this sacrifice, I have to take this amount of relatives and Illuminati blood sacrifice ritual of them, like slit open their throats, bathe in their blood, do all the devil shit, dance around, costumes and all that, all Bohemian Grove shit. I would have to have a sufficient amount of relatives to sacrifice to be a member of the royal family. That was the rules of the game. We got set. Last time, I said I had about 20, 20 relatives that I would be willing to sacrifice to get into the royal family. I think this is a more than fair offer. 35, 15 more. I will sacrifice 15 more. I can find them 15 more. No immediate family members, though. No, that's not the deal. Not the people I hang with regularly. Not those homies. I, I love that mem- those members of my family. But the periphery, like the other ones, all up for grabs. And let me tell you, some of the roles you might be surprised by. Really? Her? Yeah. Him? Mm-hmm. You'll be surprised by how many I'm willing to sacrifice and what stature they hold in my family. You'd be surprised. 
So I think that is a more than fair offer for me to get into the royal family. Once again, we're, we're, we're slicing the throats. The blood's going to go everywhere. We're bathing in it. We're bathing in it. We're, we're, we're kind of like doing a, a Disney on ice kind of thing. We have owl outfits, you know, we're woo, woo, you know, we're, we're flying around and it, there's thunder and there's lightning and it's, and, and Satan shows up, listen, whatever you Illuminati folks want to do, I'm in. But I'm, but the number is 35 relatives that I, I, I can do this. And I think that is more than fair to take Harry's spot in the royal family. And listen, you will. How are we going to convince people of this? We, you're the royal family. You do what you want. Pressure Parliament. You're adopting a Puerto Rican. Hey, you know here's a problem, right? The royal family didn't pick the right person to diversify with, because we all know, we all know, Americanized Puerto Ricans. We are more than prepared. To just give up. We will just, whatever you say in front of us, we don't even hear it. We could pretend to be many a thing. We'll pretend to be Italian. Some of us will pretend to be Ukrainian. Like we are the stem cells of American culture. You put us anywhere, we become that thing. We become Mexican if we're in a certain neighborhood. Like it's very interesting. So you should have gotten one of us. I am prepared to throw away everything that I have currently, except for my girlfriend, my brother, my mom. I think I'll take my grandma too. Damn, then there's my aunt and uncle. Damn, then he got his, fuck. The number is still 35. Yeah, I, you know what? Yeah, listen, the number's gonna have to stay at 35. I can't sacrifice any more of these people. I love these other people. Um, yeah. Uh, 35 is more than fair. And I would make a great addition. I don't have a British accent. I can get one. I can figure it out, man. I might not know it's Australian. But see, I think if I can do Australian, which is redneck British, I can make my way to British English. And I know words in English. I'm not really good at saying them sometimes, but I can be trained. I'm willing to be trained and housebroken. Like, I'm, I'm ready to join. And listen, I'll marry anybody in that family. If I Bring me one of these old fucking hags. Bring me one of these old guys. I'm not going to, we're not going to be fucking. They always fuck outside the marriage. So we won't have to fuck. My girlfriend doesn't give a shit. My girlfriend will have, he's bringing money home. As long as I got a side cottage with her, we're all fine. On paper, I'll be who married. I'll be married to whoever the fuck you want. It means getting some cool ass royalty dollars, and I want the costume. Like I want the military costume with the fake medals. I want that shit. I'll be the duke of some fucking swampland. Give me anything. Being Puerto Rican from Bushwick sucks, bro. Like it's not fun. It's never been fun. I don't understand what people keep talking about. But I'm ready to sell out. But that also doesn't mean to our overlords in China, who we have often said, if you buy WRKM, which we'd be, we'd be totally fine with, we have no problem joining the party there. 
You know, we, we are available on this program. Me and Bobby will go anywhere where the money is, where the food is, and where the safety from our enemies are. Strong men, we love them. They protect us at night. But I'm in 35 relatives, dude. 35. Three? Five. I didn't even write that correctly in the air, but you get the idea. 35. And that's not small potatoes, man. Think you think think of the amount of blood we're talking about here. Okay? Think of the amount of stem cells we could all imbibe. You know, we don't actually know. We get the um from bone marrow, right? Bone marrow still has fucking stem cells. We get it from the bone marrow, and then we can all drink it and be younger. I'm pretty sure that's what Alex Jones told me. That's that's exactly how he broke it down to me. You you gnaw on the, the bone marrow, and you take in the stem cells. But if that's how it works, I am prepared. To trade 35 people, no more and no less. I will not go down from this offer of 35. The additional 15 people who find themselves on this list. It was tough. Minor infractions were taken into account. If you said happy birthday to me late, you're on the list. You're on the list. That's how petty I am now. Did you see me in the street not say hi? You're on the list. 35 relatives. Now they'll all be asking themselves, who's on the list? Well, if you think you might be, you are. Is that the darkness people come here for? Me wishing for Illuminati sacrifices. That is what we come here for. But there are powerful moms out there. Listen, there's a mom right now who we're finding out she was following in the Queen's footsteps. Chris Jenner may have produced two more sex tapes with Ray J and Kim during that time. There may have been a a trilogy of these things. Maybe there's a storyline. I feel gypped. I want the complete collection. Were these other two not good? Did they get better at shooting these things? Like I, that's what I'm really more interested. I'm really more interested into the business and the technical aspects. Of all this. Like was the second one better than the first. And did they keep improving. Or did the second one take some liberties. And the third one had to fix what the second one did to the first one. You know what I mean. Was it. Boldly produced. And was the last one. Four hours long. With multiple endings. I wonder. Ray J says he's got proof. Ray J says he's going to expose the Kardashians. And if I'm Ray J, you cut that out right fucking now. This country needs the Kardashian empire. They are our royal family. They're all we got. 
The Bidens are boring. They're boring. All political family. I see. I grew up during the Clinton years, and I never thought that family was interesting. I don't think I ever had an interesting first family besides from the Obamas. But that's because they were you know, they were more accessible. Because they made sure they were accessible. They had playlists that would come out. They were playful with that shit. They knew what was going down. They knew. They were so ahead of the game. 20 years from now, we'll be saying that. 100 years from now, we'll probably be saying it. 200 years from now, there won't be anyone around. But Chris Jenner may be a true pornographer. Probably one of the most successful ones if she did, in fact, produce this first tape. But I must be honest with you. It troubles me. Did she watch a cut of this tape? How hands-on of a producer was she? Was she there on set calling shots? You know what I mean? Was she a real John Peters about it? Was she in there, like, showing people how to do their job? He would literally, John Peters, during the production of the failed Superman movie, would literally wrestle guys in the concept art department to show them what physicality was. And they would just take this abuse because he's John Peters. So is Chris Jenner a John Peters? He started as a hairstylist. Look at him now. Legend. Chris Jenner, wife of a lawyer, top pornographer of all time. And who, and listen, she risked it for the biscuit. She looked at Paris Helen and went, we could do better. I've got a better looking daughter. I've got a guy who looks way better than that guy in that movie. We're doing it. We're diversifying sex tapes. And they made a billion dollar empire out of it. They flipped it into a billion dollar empire. Can you really be mad? Can you? At the, the, the level of genius. The rebrand of Kim of, hey, I'm just a woman that this happened to. I'm a victim here. And look at me living my life. I have this little clothing store. I'm trying to be a model, and things start happening for her, and now we watched her grow up from sex tape to mogul. Ain't that some shit? But it's truly American. The Kennedys were bootleggers. America always likes a guy who, or a girl in this case, who does something a little shady, but becomes something. Because that's kind of what we are. You know, in America, you know, we're just a bunch of criminals and scumbags that decided, you know, fuck this shit. We don't want to pay taxes there. They're not over here. Fuck them. We're going to do what we want to do. What are you going to do? Stop us? They're all the way over there. Fuck them. And then we did it. And we turned ourselves into a nation of sorts. We became really uppity. Really goddamn uppity. But we did it. We flipped it, man. We became the police of the world, the gold standard. So can we really begrudge the Kardashians if they did make a trilogy 
of sex tapes but only released the one? Did they not have money for a wide release of two and three? Did two and three not make sense to the overall truth? I, I really need to know about these other two. Once again, I don't want to see them. I just need to know about them production-wise. Because you have two more? Maybe the first one did its job. But now this is all allegedly, okay? This is all just Ray J saying it. But he's also showed some text messages that are a little suspicious. And there's a lot of suspicious stuff. But allegedly, this is all allegedly, woo, allegedly. We should literally just put allegedly on the bottom of this screen at all times. Like, you know how, like, WWE used to have, like, little hashtag thing? Allegedly. And then the regular hashtag. But uh, allegedly. You know? Did she not have confidence in the first one? And here's the thing. She was taking a bold move. I don't know if another black star had been a sex tape yet. I'm talking about Ray J, of course. Like I feel like people forget that Kim's, you know, white. White. White woman. But anyway, Ray J, you know, Coming off the Moesha fame. First one might not hit because it's him. But if you hit it with two, now he looks like a freak. And people are like, wait, there's two tapes? So if the first one doesn't hit, the second one helps out in volume. The third, I guess, is the last attempt to keep the story going. But the one did its job. But see, this is why I don't have a sex tape. I certainly wouldn't have three sex tapes. The one, I, I, the one would put me through a lot of stress. Because you want the right lighting, you know what I mean? And I'm no Gordon Willis. Look at this show. I mean, we have fine lighting. I'm being mean. We have fine lighting. Could be worse. We could have no lighting. But Chris Jenner, you know, I want to know the, the details on this. I want to know what's going to happen here. I want to see what Ray J's proof is, too. Like, if he's got contracts and stuff, I want to see what his residuals deal was on that. I want to see what the residuals deals on that. I want him to have a listed DP. Because it is a production, if it is fake. So I wonder who's a DP on it. Or did they own, did their own DP? Which is certainly a style choice. I do wonder, will we ever see a well-produced sex tape of celebrities? Like celebrities who really decide we're going to shoot this beautifully. And actually put a production behind it. I wonder... I think in the future we will have someone that pretentious to do it. I just wonder what style would you go with. I kind of want a Michael Bay, like, sweaty style. Because I, I, that sun baked, I want, I want it. That would be a good one. 
David Fincher wouldn't be a bad choice. You know, you go with his, you know, his route. You know what I mean? He could be a good style choice for a pretentious sex tape. You know a billion people are going to do the Wes Anderson sex tape. It's going to be really fucking annoying. And they're going to have to explain it to you in order for you to understand it truly. And they'll mark out, you know, for all the cinema techniques no one uses anymore. Um, That'll be fun. That'll be fun. There'll be quirky fonts, too. Can't fucking wait for those. I wonder what the J.J. Abrams on the sex tape would be like. Real fast, fast pace affair. Doesn't have a story, really. It's just more of a collection of cool scenes that make you feel good. Imagine someone asking, can I be fucked on a sex tape in the style of the opening credits to the movie 7? That could be interesting. Christopher Nolan's sex tape would just be a lot of big set pieces. Wooden character work, but he casts so well, so you assume it's good. I'd say an Orson Welles-style sex tape, but he's only got one good movie. So you're only doing Citizen Kane the entire time. Maybe you do a Tarantino-style sex tape, but it's just a sex tape riffing on other sex tapes. That could be interesting. I guess we're kind of seeing one already. Don't Worry Darling does seem to be an Olivia Wilde-directed sex tape. So that's pretty close. Look for my review when they finally leak. This can't be in the Kardashian empire, though, can it? Like, I don't think people are going to care if the tape was fake. They won't. It's too late now. She's already a billionaire. What are you going to do? Take it all away now? She could shit a house and just live forever on that. This doesn't stop. The train doesn't stop. The train's not stopping. It's not stopping at all. And that's what upsets people. They so desperately want it to be over. But it's not going to be. She's baked in. She's grandfathered into the next generation now. Who's going to stop her? She's a super villain. (laughs) No. She's just larger than life now. She's an icon. You know? What are you willing to endure for fame? To build a billionaire empire. I've made abundantly clear what I would do for the royal family. 35 relatives, ready to go. Could I do a sex tape for a billion dollar industry or empire? I couldn't do it. Mm -mm. That's where I draw the line. Sex tape, no. Murder, mm. here's the thing. It's not really murder if it's like part of a religious, you know, ceremony. It's all protected by the First Amendment, I think. Maybe? No? Okay. Shaking your head, no. Pretty, no? Mm. Still would commit that crime, though, if I got into a royal family. Sex tape? No, I can't do that. Leaking of nudes? Couldn't do that. Yeah, there's not much I would be able to do, really, as a man who looks like the way I look like. Physically, to get, you know, a billion-dollar empire. Who's going to watch me have sex? That's gross. The fact I said it grossed people out right now.
the ones that can see me on YouTube currently. Those who are listening are homies on the Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast. What up? Hey, we've noticed there's a bunch of you listening via Amazon Alexa, and we want answers. Why are a bunch of you hooked up to the Amazon Alexa thing? Explain to us how you found us that way. Hit us up on TWEID show on Twitter. This one in darkness on Instagram. I wonder if I activate people's um, Amazon Alexas by doing that. Like Alexa, subscribe to this will end in darkness. Just in case it didn't work the first time, Alexa, subscribe to this will end in darkness. Now, you're all in, involuntarily. Heavens forbid you're showing someone this for the first time in their home. I'm in charge now. I can control your... It's like, isn't, like the, isn't that how the ring happens? Like there's a videotape girl comes out of it and now she's ruining your life? I'm doing, I'm doing it through a YouTube podcast. Maybe I can get people to order some things for me. But the truth is, it won't matter in the end how Kim Kardashian started her empire. It probably won't matter Queen Elizabeth's reign of 70 years because the doomsday glacier is holding on by its fingernails, according to scientists. We are at the point where there is no going back. Dark episode, hmm? You'd think there'd be more laughter. But, um... It's a dark time. This is a dark subject. You can't get around it. This thing is the size of Florida. And to be honest, I knew it'd be something the size of Florida that would kill us. I still believe Florida will be the reason why we end up in a second civil war. There's something about Florida that's just weird. I believe the Fountain of Youth thing. I don't necessarily think it does that. But I do think there is a mythology going on in Florida. The place changes from day to night. It's very, it doesn't, in New York changes from day to night, fair, but not like Miami. I've been to South Beach, and that's a scary fucking place at night. One wrong turn, it's fucking over. You're in a Michael Mann movie. And it depends on what era of Michael Mann are you getting. Miami Vice Michael Mann or Hate Michael Mann. You don't know. You don't know. But if this glacier is going to melt, then I won't have to worry about South Beach anymore. I won't have anywhere to vacay. But it should be good for waterfront properties because you can probably get them on the cheap. Because after the first rising of the tide, who's going to keep living there? The Midwest is going to be up and coming. It's time for me to make my move to Madison, Wisconsin. I think I'll be fine there. The winters will be horrible. Grueling. The type of winters that make manly men, men who have families they love and care for day to day, they go out hunting for. Then a couple of strangers come into town, mess around your farm, or in this case, my lakefront property. 
They start fucking around at your house, stranger style. And now you got to use some of your New York skills in your very Wisconsin home. Because all people from New York know how to fight. That's the assumption. And that'd be my movie. That would be my life in Madison, Wisconsin. Not that I wish ill for my family. But if it's going down this way, and the end of the world is coming, I kind of do want to have a good backstory for the apocalyptic future. Because stories will matter then. There won't be a Twitter or Facebook then. You'll have to have a good life story. It's the only way you're going to convince people to give you resources. So the better the backstory, the more available resources will be to you. Water, food, shelter. But you don't want to have a, too much of a bitch ass, you know, backstory where people can just walk all over you and shit and treat you like shit, you know. You don't want to be too whiny about the family being gone. But you want to make it clear there's a motivation there now. That your eyes on the prize now. And that's surviving. You know, you want to have enough brooding. But not too much brooding. You want to pick your brooding right. Always brood around women. Because they always think, yes, I'm really going on. Especially in this apocalyptic future. Post, you know... Doomsday Glacier in the wastelands in the water world we'll probably be in you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna have the ladies on your side the guys listen you know you're gonna have to fight them regardless but if you got women with you they kinda wanna hang out with you they kinda wanna you know be around you, hey, you know, we're living on this water raft world. We don't have women here, but he's got women. Let's hang out with the guy with women. Let's create a society of us people. You bring in the women, meaning you now control the society, which is true. There's nothing more powerful in a rebuilding society than a woman. She's birthing a next generation of people. And because you've seen to be the smartest person that's allied, 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 who even fucking cares? You've teamed up with the goddamn women, all right? You teamed up with the women, and now you're a hell of a guy. People respect you because you're taking care of what they were quote unquote deep the weaker person, which of course, in this scenario, you've secretly trained all these women to be assassins and stuff like that. They're great warriors on their own. They just choose to stick with you because you're a good leader. You know what I mean? Everyone gets taken care of. You know what I mean? You don't use them in a malicious way. They have their own agendas going on. You're all, your whole main agenda together is to survive. So it's a, it's a give and take. You know, you're both playing off the horrible sexism of the future to get what you need to get by. So you do come across a um, community of less women. And now you allied yourself with a couple of women. Maybe like five, you know, six. Maybe the plan is, listen, we can really run this fucking place here because they need us. But what these men don't know are, you're fucking powerful. You can beat some ass. You've got karate skills. This is how we're going to take over. 
this is how we're going to get it done. And by the end of this, we'll be running this community now. And then our children will run this community now. And it will spread. This community will get bigger and bigger. And soon we'll have the, the whole territory. We'll have a whole section of the world. We'll have an empire. We'll have an empire built off the backs of women, built off the backs of people who aren't smart enough to the game, the impoverished people of this new community, people who couldn't gain resources, people who weren't wise enough to the new wasteland ways, maybe people who couldn't survive, who were too weak, who didn't have the skills, maybe people who were disabled, maybe people who just didn't have it together. But it doesn't matter because you and your gang women have created an empire and now you're creating heirs to these little positions of your new empire. This new water world empire. And then you think to yourself, you know what? I did it. I survived the apocalypse. But what did you do to do it? What do you know about the human psyche you didn't know before? When it comes to trading off on resources, when it comes to needing to survive, you find out different things. You have to live with those things. Now, now, they're playing all the time. Now, you're paranoid. Now, you can only trust who you trust. So now, you're only trusting your family. So now, when you're having heirs, you're only banging your family. And now, you're fucking having inbreeding and shit. And that inbreeding eventually goes on to the rest of your fucking kingdom. And guess what? That is the main part of your monarchy. It's just a bunch of inbreeding cousins. And then, heavens forbid, someone goes outside the culture and brings in a new one. Brings in someone from a different culture than yours instead of your fucking weird inbreeding cult. They bring in someone else from a whole other part of the empire. And it freaks you to fuck out because you're like, this is not the way we trained it. This is not how we planned it at all. Then another guy comes up to you going, I want to join your family. And you're like, whoa, you can't be joining my family. I don't even know you. Dude, I will sacrifice 35 of my fucking relatives to get in this fucking clan. And then you're like, well, this guy's serious because I'm taking him in. He's not inbred like the rest of them, but I'll take him. He shows initiative. You'll look back on your empire and go, wow. I've come a long way from being the cook at Ruby Tuesdays. I did it. I survived the apocalypse because I was ready to pay the cost. To be the boss. And if you're lucky. There will be a song done in your honor. Someday. For my future overlord. Goodbye my overlord. Though I never knew you at all. Kill your enemies You put together a band of thieves And you rob the seas After climate change Killed our world 
It seems like you lived your life like a hellfire in the wind. You took all the stuff you could, so resources came in. I would like to have been part of your royal death call, but you are dead. The fire's gone long enough, cause we knew how it would end. Good evening, or in this case, for me, afternoon. But you'll be hearing this in the evening. I think so. Depends. Analytics say you guys listen to it whenever. So let's just say, how do you do? How about that one? I'm Ralph Martinez, and this will end in darkness. Um, how's it hanging? No, not an audio episode this week, but an at-home episode. Um, this week, no studio for us. We're at the house, ch ch chilling on vacation for the Jewish holiday. What up? Which I'm not Jewish, but my job does tell me I must take this day off. So, but they pay for it. So that's lovely of them. What's going on? Well, a lot of things are going on. I think a lot of things that maybe we're not paying attention to because some of us have real lives. Some of us are real people and we don't get caught up in the the news of celebrity. But there is a particular story that I'm interested in. Marquise Jackson, 50 Cent's child, feels that because his dad is a millionaire, he should give him more than $7,000 a month. Now, mind you, Marquise Jackson's 26 years old and he's getting $7,000 a month. And he claims that with $81,000 a year, you can't just live wherever you want and you just can't do whatever you want, which not wrong. There is a cap to where you can live, to what you can do with that kind of money. It's unfortunate in a way, I guess, because if you look at his dad being a multimillionaire, you would think, well, why couldn't he give more? But I'm kind of on 50 cents side here because this kid seems like a prick. And here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. I have a belief. Let me take these headphones off because these have been not working as well as I want. I've already done a sound check, so we'll be fine. <laughs> to me, if you're getting $7,000 a month, that's a hell of a lot better than getting nothing. 
at least with seven thousand a month, you can find a good one bedroom apartment in New York at least for eighteen hundred. And then you have about five thousand and something to do with as you please for food and whatever. You can take that money and flip it, do something with it, start a career, invest in things. But it seems like Marquise doesn't want to do that because that'd be too hard. And like a majority of people of his generation, he wants it handed to him. And the thing about rich kids, or at least the kids who are the kids who are the kids of rich parents, they have not figured out the all-encompassing truth. You are a product, not a child anymore. For rich people, they do not look at their children like real kids they're more products they're parts of legacies they're they're the next generation and they hope to continue on their wealth but it seems like 50 cents already given up on this kid which to be honest this kid's kind of a prick so i kind of get it you do have to sometimes give up on your child i think some children aren't worth redeeming some children aren't worth saving horrible i know but you have to be willing to walk away and go hey here's your monthly check goodbye and that's what 50 Cent did, kind of classy to still give him $7,000 a month, even though he's 26 years old, and arguably could probably figure out how to do his own fucking shit. But then Marquise, you know, said, I will give my dad $6,000 if he just gives me this quality time he didn't give me as a child. And number one, 50 Cent should never do anything for $6,000. He is a star. Um, for him to do it for anything less than I would say 30 grand is quite insulting. So Marquis should save his money and give his dad a better pay rate. Um, you might hear some construction in the background. I just rock with it. But 50 cents a major star showing up for $6,000 kind of horse shit. I wouldn't show up for $6,000 and I don't have the wherewithal to turned down $6,000, but I wouldn't show up for $6,000 for this kid, but 50 shouldn't. And the truth is, listen, I say this to somebody whose dad wasn't there for a, a good chunk of my life. Get over it. It's time. 26 year old, 26 years old, getting 7,000 a month it's time to get over it. The truth is, most of his generation have a hard time getting over it. Um, if you look at all like the, the Disney movies now and all the media we make, it's always about parents you know, apologizing. But it's never about kids understanding they might have been pieces of shit as well. Or the situations in which their parents come from were really fucking rough. You see, the thing I, I think people don't understand about children or raising children is you're not necessarily raising them to be great. What you're really doing is you're trying to limit the amount of trauma they endure so they can be great. But some shit can't be helped. You know, some people have short tempers. Some people weren't ready to have children. Some people didn't have the economic means in which to give kids everything they wanted. Or there was a trade-off. You got the financials, but you didn't get the, um, the love. You got the love, but you didn't get the financials. Sometimes there are trade-offs in life, and there is no perfect family. There's no perfect childhood. Hate to break it to you. Doesn't happen that way. But too many of my generation and the generation after me seem to feel that they're owed some kind of apology, and you're not. Um, we talked about it a little bit last week. 
there's only but so much a prior generation can do for a future generation, given the circumstances and the situations they have. My mom had me at 15. It wasn't easy for her. I remember when we went to therapy, our therapist said, one day you will apologize to Ralph and he will laugh at you because he already understands. And believe me, I understood, you know, even when I was like seven or eight, I understood she's a kid and she's got a kid. And when you realize that you start forgiving shit, when you look at your parents as people and not the fucking the institutions you wanted them to be, you start forgiving a lot of shit because you realize they're fucking people who also were probably manufactured by bad people. Not my mom. My grandma was pretty cool. My grandma had her moments, but you know, my grandma's pretty dope. I had breakfast with her today. We went to IHOP. It was awesome. We talked about food all day. She's giving me some recipes because my grandma's awesome. But the truth is, You have to at some point accept that your parents are who they were and who they are and will continue to be. There's some things that aren't going to change and to bitch about them does nothing for you. And in the case of Marquise, when you're getting $7,000 a fucking month, it's really time to shut the fuck up. Because in essence, he's giving you money that, if anything, he never got. You see, his dad made a classic album called Get Rich or Die Trying. What does Marquise do? jack shit can he hum a tune can he write some lyrics can he do anything no and i kind of feel bad for 50 because when talented people have talentless children it's like what happened to my sperm like what did i fuck up how could god have done this to me but i feel like it's a little trick god does it's like hey i will give you just enough to crawl out of squalor and you can be king but your kid he's not gonna be able to do it And you're going to have to take care of them because you might have made it too easy. And the thing is, talentless children, I'm not saying they don't have a place in our world. They can, he could have been a banker, you know, he could have been like a guy who works at H&R Block. Marquise could have found another thing to do other than be 50 Cent's son, but he opted not to, which I think is a very, very ballsy move. Um, Kudos to him for that but it hasn't worked out now has it because he's still not getting what he deems enough money do you know what you can do with seven thousand dollars you can do quite a bit seven thousand dollars a month you can start selling things on etsy you can start a pyramid scheme where you sell products that help people lose their hair you know you can start a cult if you wanted to go low level buy a small church get really good at your you know preaching bam now you're getting a little bit of a congregation you know what i mean that's what you do. And then hopefully someday, maybe you'll get into hip hop and you'll make some music. And now you're making music and everyone thinks you're a creative genius. And then, you know, you kind of snap and you start saying wild anti-Semitic shit. And, you know, people just go, man, but he makes really good music and his sneakers are really fucking cool. And then you go on Tucker Carlson and Tucker Carlson's like really into you and saying, we're going to talk about the unvarnished version of this guy, but then still cuts out the anti-Semitic shit. And then people just make excuses for you because, hey, no matter how bad his bipolar is, he makes really good music. And we cannot forget that, even though more than likely Kim Kardashian probably suffered shit we'll never fucking know because the music and the sneakers are so fucking cool that's who marquise jackson could be with his seven thousand a month but he chooses not to be at least that's an experience hate to bring that word back from two episodes ago but at least that would be doing something but the truth is 
maybe it's not the truth. Maybe it's my opinion on it. But I often feel that when I look at prior generations and what they went through and how they were able to overcome circumstances, you have to be willing to risk it for the biscuit. Sacrifice. Really looking in the mirror and going, what am I providing to a situation? Am I making my situation any better? Who's responsible for the situations I am in? Is it me? Did I not push forward when I should have? Did I talk myself out of things? Did I keep myself stagnant? Am I a victim of my own choices? Marquise isn't asking those questions. And most people don't ask those questions anymore because we still want someone to blame. But the problem is, and to revisit something we've been saying since episode one, it's a work, brother. None of it's real. The institutions aren't real. Relationships on title aren't real. We, I often talk about being an optimistic nihilist and when you've accepted optimistic nihilism, what you realize is it's not the universe that's meaningless. You are giving meaning to the universe. You are giving meaning to your experience. So whether you had good parents, bad parents, bad friends, good friends, good times, bad times, you are still giving meaning to your experience. Racer X said it in the Speed Racer movie. It's not about whether the world changes. It's about whether you let the world change you. Deep fucking concept for that fucking movie, but they were doing a whole lot of shit in that fucking movie. But the truth is, at least I keep saying, I keep, I hate that I keep saying the truth is, because it's really just my opinion of how I view things, at least my truth would dictate us, that you have to keep ownership of the shit you go through. It cannot be just everyone else. Your trauma cannot be the only thing that defines you. Eventually, healing has to happen. You can't just be always traumatized but never healing. One of those things are not like the other. They have to go together so you can be a person. I went through hella trauma as a kid. Insane trauma. You know, it reality altering trauma let's put it fucking that way like imagine you th you look at life one way and it and someone arrives and beats down your perception of reality and twists it and now your reality is whatever you believe their reality was i had a girlfriend that did that for six years in my 20s literally i felt like i was crazy but she was the fucking crazy one and it took forever for people to really find out because no one's really trying to hear from me. I'm a guy. So whenever any relationship problem happens, it's always assumed it's the guy, which it's funny how patriarchy, patriarchy works that way. We all want to fight the patriarchy until shit women want to keep. We'll get to that later because they want to reserve the right to always blame men for everything when sometimes it's not really a man's fault. But when your reality is altered, you start to realize none of this stuff's real. None of it has a concrete place. For like, I used to be really religious. I used to, well, not really religious. I used to believe in God really strongly, right? I had someone ruin that for me, or I had a series of situations ruin that for me, and it was taken from me. And I remember feeling so depleted and destroyed by it. Now, I'm not saying everyone needs religion, but I was clearly someone who benefited from having a belief in God. What ended up happening was I, I lost that foundation 
that was in my life that made me who I was, that kept me on the straight and narrow. And when I was at my darkest, I had to claw back and redefine what that faith was for me, an individual experience of how I will go about it and how it will not be dictated by someone else. Because if I let someone take my faith from me, did I really have it? And that's when you realize when you've been down to the darkness, that's why the show is called This One in Darkness, because I am someone who's been in the darkness. I know where this ends inevitably, but when you live three or four lives at a, in one lifetime, you start to realize it's really not necessarily about just situations that happen to you. It's choices you make. There are situations you allow to continue that you shouldn't have allowed to continue, but you didn't know any better. You thought things were secure. You thought this was the way things were. And you kept trying to talk yourself into believing that this is how things were. But when you start to realize that your reality was altered, you start to realize none of this is legitimate. It's all, like, it's all what pro wrestling does. It's kayfabe. It's half real. It exists in a hyper-realistic sense. Your government's not necessarily real. Like when you consider how often... Multi-million dollar corporations and multi-millionaires fuck you on a regular using the government and the government's supposed to be protecting you. Donald Trump didn't really protect anybody. Nancy Pelosi's not protecting anybody, which is insider trading. Like both sides of the fucking coin ain't protecting you, even though I think Joe Biden kind of feels like he is. And to be honest, he's handling this Russia thing better than fucking most. And that's one thing I've heard conservatives and liberals say, which is kind of interesting to see them both agree. Hey, he's actually doing the right thing and just chilling the fuck out. Yeah. He recently said the end was nigh, but at the same time, that was more of a communication issue going, Hey, you no nukes for you. We're not doing that this time. I don't even think we ever did it with him. We only did it once the Japanese and, they seem to have forgiven us. They got past that trauma, I think. But in the end, your economy's not real. The dollar's not fucking real. No one knows what standard it's really on. Someone made a really good point one time. I think it was Glenn Greenwald. That's not even the gold standard it runs on. It runs on a military standard that we know we can enforce the dollar everywhere. So who's going to fucking fuck with the dollar? Nobody. Cryptocurrency isn't real. That's why it's doing very well. In a world where everyone's living in a fantasy, cryptocurrency does extremely well. So when you have at least the trauma I have where you were pretty much brainwashed, you start to realize how easy it is for all of these institutions to not be real anymore and how they only mean something if you allow them to mean something. So when I look at, you know, parents, when I look at families on paper, yes, they're supposed to be this, this, that, and the other. But in reality, they aren't. In some households, they're not families, they're hostages. And no one understands that concept because Everyone thinks their family is supposed to be the Disney family, but it's not true at all. Your family are the people that care and love about you or care about you and love you. And the ones who are always going to be there to have your back and are going to uplift you. And sadly, some of those people won't be your parents. Sadly, some of those people won't be the relatives you want to do that for you. And I think that's what Marquise Jackson has to realize. 50 was 50. He came from the gutter with nothing. In his mind, 
if he can do it, you should be able to too. And it should be a bit easier because you have the financial backing. 7000 a month is not nothing. There are people who start Etsy stores with little to nothing. People are starting clothing lines now because Photoshop's like regularly available and everyone's learning it. There are YouTube tutorials. The world's not that fucked anymore. Like when you consider it like the level of um, skill that's available to you, what you can learn, who you could be. In the end, it's all about who you can be. If you continue to leave yourself dictated by the people of the past, what good is it? You don't have a future. You don't have a present. You're in the past. That's not that deep of a concept either. That's just reality of it. So when I see people dictated by their past, I pity them because you've allowed it to win. Now, in some cases, some trauma is too strong and it takes a while to break. But if you're not willing to break it, if you just continue to use it as an excuse, what are you going to do? I know people legitimately who were molested by family members. And one of the things they told me, I've never forgotten this shit. She told me, she's like, if I don't continue to live my life every day by my own standards, by my own way of looking at things and survive, then I died that day it happened. And, it, and that is like, consider that. She, she, would, she has to fight to live every day so she feel like she didn't die. That's fucking deep, man. But how many of us have that on a lower level scale? Because the truth is, if you're not happy, you're dying. That's just the truth. Of it. If you're not taking strides to make your life better, to, to find ways to make your situation better with your family, with your friends, achieve some level of your dreams, achieve some level of your hobby, you're dying. You're just waiting to die, really, because that's all life really is, passing the time until we die. You're just going to die a hell of a lot quicker if you don't do nothing, because spiritually you're dead, mentally you're dead, and now you're just waiting for the physical death to happen. You know, incels have already died. That's why, to me, I think they're worth investing in. I think they're worth saving. They're like Lazarus in the tomb. You have to revive those individuals because they cannot be left to their own devices. If they are, they will die. And they, I'm telling you, not only will they die mentally and spiritually, they will find the ambition to make other people pay for their death. So if you leave them alone by themselves, they only grow in number. And then people wonder why the far right is now taking over several different um, countries. Because you left a lot of these people unchecked and you forgot all about them. There's a way of having a society that you do balance it out and think about everyone. Centrism may not be sexy because people argue centrism guys here. But we're starting to see where... The far left and the far right have gotten us so far. And all it's got is a polarized nation. And that's not good for anybody. And if we continue on this fucking route, who knows what's going to happen? Last time this happened was a civil war. So maybe we do know what's going to happen. But the problem 
we have is we have given up on our weakest and we have given up in a way where we don't tell people the truth. Life is a bitch and then you die. That's it. And nothing in this really means all that much unless you apply a meaning to it. And listen, and they can announce tomorrow. Then asteroid is on its way here and we can't stop it. And it's going to wipe everything out. What we have to show for it. You'll spend the last few days trying to live it up, but it shouldn't have required that. You should have found a way to make yourself happy. And I'm doing that every time chance I get, man, whether it's video editing, whether it's this podcast, whether it's, you know, reading things I'm interested in, watching things I'm listening to, learning new things about music. Like I found out about magic girl anime recently from a project I'm working on with somebody. They didn't even know that existed, but it's a whole subgenre of anime. And now I'm like deep into researching it for this project. That's how I'm living. I, I, I'm, I'm pushing myself to be who I would rather be. As, as opposed to being somebody with 95 I'm not happy with, I'd rather be a creative. That's not to say having a 95 is a bad thing, but here's the thing. There are good men and women out there who work a nine-to-five, take care of their family, are great parents, and they're living a great existence. So I think that's also part of the Gary Vee problem. Not everyone's an entrepreneur. Some people are just really good people. They're not causing any trouble to anybody. They're just living a good life. And if you are one of those people who is working a nine-to-five and you feel like everyone's judging you for not being an entrepreneur and shit, but you're happy with the life you have, the family you have, the kids you have, enjoy it because you've reached a level of happy most people never fucking know. You've reached a level of acceptance. You've reached a level of true fucking harmony that you get to take care of your family and that brings you peace and joy. That's beautiful. But we look down upon that now because look at all the fucking um, movies from the 90s and early 2000s. It's always, oh, this father looks mad, depressed, why he didn't achieve his dreams. Yeah, fair point, but not all fathers were like that. Some willingly gave that up for the families they got, and the families never fucking appreciated it. It's very interesting to see how it's all turned on men now to a degree. Even though I 100% agree, there is some dangers. Badly manufactured men can provide to a household, can provide to a society, but it can't be all men. It can't be. It just can't be. You can't generalize it that way. You can't. Because there were good men who were trying every day. There are good men who are dealing with trauma you have no fucking idea about. I'm just open about mine. You know, that's probably what makes me a little different. I'm open about my trauma. I don't run from my fucking trauma. Though... It's kind of impossible to run from it because it's literally my my perception on reality. You know, how I like it's why like people always, you know, the comments we do get about this show is, man, you're like, you really you, you really seem to nail what's going on right now. And I don't think I'm nailing what's going on right now. I'm just honest about what's going on right now. I lived through this already. You guys are catching up to concepts that I've already been through. You know, nothing's what it says it is. Yeah, there's a lot of people who do that. The people who love you the most will sometimes do it. The people who are closest to you that you think love you the most will fucking lie to you. That's what it is. That's the world we live in. 
But at some point, you got to take some responsibility. What are you going to do about it? You want to get up and do something about it? You going to sit around bitching? Because that's how I feel my generation did. We perfected bitching. We didn't do anything else. We had the internet. We had so many other things. All we did was perfect bitching on it. Few of us create apps and stuff. That's nice. But the rest of us just fucking self-loathe the entire fucking time. The boomers didn't leave us anything. Who the fuck cares? They didn't have to. No generation's obligated to. You do shit because you want to do them. That's the thing that people don't get either. There is no... There is no nature in which human beings feel the need to pass on to the next generation. There isn't because animals don't even fucking do it really. Do evolution they can, but that's not because they want to. It's genetically and scientifically happening without them even knowing it because they're not even conscious of it. The lions do not care about the gazelles. The lions do not even care about fellow lions. So when you think about human beings, just because we're a little bit more intelligent, does it mean that we're, we have to now defy our nature or to not be realistic about our nature? Listen, I'm not rich. I'm not rich at all. I probably would never be rich, but I also don't think anyone has to give me something. I should have to get, I should have to get out there and fight for it. Because that's what makes character. You know, I was reading an article from Bushwick Daily the other day, and... It was about the Brooklyn Book Fair, or Brooklyn Book Festival. And they were talking to these authors who, none of them were originally from Brooklyn. And they were asking, well, why did you move to Brooklyn? And all of them were talking about all the diversity. You know, oh, I came here because I'm a gay man. I can be a free gay man here. Which is like, really? You could have been a free gay man anywhere, to be honest, like if you put the fucking work in. And to be honest, you kind of did that at the risk of a black and brown family having their home. So congrats to you that you got to live free, but those people didn't get to. They are the victims of your living free. And I'd be more fine with that if people didn't have this fake liberalism where they can't, they claim to care about these people, but also will do everything in their power to ensure to get them out of their neighborhoods and to live in their neighborhoods. That's kind of what it is. You know, you people talk about, oh, the mom and pop stores are so charming, but now they are vegan delis. Oh, this, this uh, two-family house is beautiful, but now it is a glass apartment mausoleum to what used to be there, to what used to be the New York family. You can't really raise a family here. No one really wants to fucking raise a family here. You got five people to an apartment. What the fuck is going on? New York's over. It's an amusement park. Congrats. You did it. You took away the things you claim to care about a city. It's people. And you turned it into L.A. where everyone's working the kayfabe, brother. But once again, as a New Yorker, I say it you know, to a lot of other people. Is this really my New York? Was New York ever mine? Probably not. It was probably another thing I was deluding myself on. Another fake thing I was believing in. That if I lived here... You know, I was from here and it mattered to me and it was my home, but it never really was my home. It was the real estate owner's home and they now own the houses and now they make us eternal renters. There is no anything other than what you believe. Home could be anywhere. They say home is where the heart is. And to be honest with you, I don't I don't know where my heart's ever been when it comes to my home. I know my home was always a bit traveling. We moved around a lot. So I guess my home was really just being near my mom and being near my brother, you know, 
when I was with them, wherever we were, that was home. But that's the thing about it. It's an institution. You realize it's not real. It's made up of flawed people and flawed concepts that do not apply to every situation. Life is a case-by-case basis. It's something we don't want to hear. It's something we don't want to deal with, but it is a case-by-case basis. Maybe Marquise Jackson didn't understand that. That life's a case-by-case basis. You grew up on second base. Maybe not third base because your dad wasn't really there. Or according to him, we don't know. 50 hasn't really talked about it. But you grew up on second base. Now you're getting $7,000 a month. You make double what I make in a year for not doing jack shit. And you're bitching? And you're bitching? Man, you know, I was fucking children. But that's the way it is now. That's the way it is now. Everyone feels like because of their past, they're entitled to something. All the boo-hoos and all the fucking tears. Hey, let me tell you something. I grew up in a time where if you couldn't get yours, if you if you weren't getting yours from work, you went out and got yours. I knew dudes who lost their life getting theirs. I knew dudes who would put the work in and still get nowhere. And only to have families that didn't appreciate them. Only to have like their family look at them like they're a fucking loser, even though they're working two jobs to keep the fucking lights on so they could have a good fucking time. Because he didn't get to enjoy any of it. You know, life is not guaranteed. Success is not guaranteed. Cost of living is not guaranteed. Life is football on concrete. It always has been since we were cavemen till now. You learn to accept that shit. You know, I I never really talk about the street stuff I witnessed as a kid. I never really talk about the street people I knew, you know, but I learned everything I needed to know about life on the streets. You know, you, you think to yourself, oh, but it has to be a better way. There is no better way. There isn't. Because if you make it too easy, then no one fucking wants to work. No one wants to fucking give more. You don't get innovation, really. You know, if everyone's an artist, who's working the railways? Who's driving the buses? Not everyone can be one. And we treat trade jobs and we treat everyday people jobs as if they're somehow beneath us when they are the core of our society. I have more respect for the average electrician than I do for any celebrity because that dude can do something that none of them can and they need him because they would never be able to do it themselves it's up for your your jeremy renner jeremy renner spends a lot of his time not making movies um but flipping houses so i respect to him and he actually gets in on the ground floor and doing things that's what i respect about jeremy renner but the institutions have always been a bit fake they all are Another institution that's kind of fake marriage. You know, I was talking to a guy. He's engaged to my friend. And, you know, they just recently put their pictures, I think about two weeks ago. And I was talking to him about it. I told him, hey, I know you don't know me very well. We only met twice, but congratulations, dude. That's kind of cool. And he's like, yeah. He's like, it's cool. And he kind of sounded a little like sad about it. And I was like, uh, so I, was, I didn't try to poke and prod. 
You know what I mean? Like, I was like, or oh, maybe there's a situation going on. Like, maybe this had to happen for a reason. But I was talking to him about it. And I was like, hey, man, are you, like, enjoying the process? Like, what's going on? And he's like, he's like, she made me, like, do this, like, engagement photo shoot. And I just felt like it was just too much. And I was like, no, I agree with you. It is too much. It's stupid. It's utterly dumb to do an engagement photo shoot. You know? And then he's like, yeah. And he's like, and her parents are like putting together this, you know, engagement party at this, you know, restaurant. And I was like, why? I told him, like, what are we celebrating? I told him, you just asked the question. That's it. You know? Far too often, we celebrate the beginning of things. We don't really... See, to me... And engagement is not something to celebrate, really. It's more like, hey, good job. You guys are considering doing something. I have watched engagements fall apart before the wedding even got there. So when you talk to me about engagement, I'm kind of like, oh, that's cool. That's nice. Like, you did that. That's cute. Let me know when the wedding is. You know, men are conditioned to put down $5,000, $6,000 on a ring that's not even the most important ring in the whole goddamn ceremony. So if anything, you put a down payment on a wedding, you're not even sure it's going to happen. So from jump, men are already investing in a hole. We're already we're operating in negative dollars because we have spent $6,000 on something that just might not happen. And considering statistics of marriage and divorce rates, it might be the worst $6,000 of his entire life. On top of probably the worst $40,000 to $50,000 of his entire life for a wedding that no one's going to remember. But of course, the wedding's not about men, apparently. It's about the lady, and I think that's horse shit. I think if I put down a substantial amount of money for a ring that's not even the most important ring, some of that's going to be about me. Just a tad. But see, once again, they'll fight the patriarchy until it's shit they want to keep. Because that's a very patriarchal horseshit maneuver. Why is the wedding just about her? It, that doesn't seem really feminist to me. But what can you do? It's not really equal. You know, should a man not have equal say in his own wedding? And we've been conditioned as men to not even care about the wedding because it's about her. And I'm starting a revolution on that now. Mm -mm. Men, the wedding is about you too. Start getting yours. Start asking for shit. Start telling her who can't come to the wedding. You're going to piss her off later on anyway. Start now. Yeah, that person's kind of a bitch. I don't want her at my wedding. Nah, we're good. She don't got to be there. You want to have this wedding or not? Damn right. Because should you not be happy? Should the man not be happy on his own wedding day? All that money spent on videos and photos you don't even look at. You look at them every 10 years. I know people who spent about, what, 40, 40K on a wedding and all they got was a divorce. A wedding dress in a box. Congrats. That's why I fuck with the recommitment ceremony as old people do. Because that's real shit. That you're really celebrating 20 years of history right there. 20 years of a commitment. Celebrating the start. See, that's kind of the problem with us as well. We always want to celebrate the start. We never want to celebrate the long-term commitment. We never want to celebrate consistency because consistency is boring. 
It's not interesting. It's always the fresh start. Ooh, are the beginning of our life together. Yeah, the beginning of your life together really is after you're married and you're on that Saturday night where there's nothing going on and you're both sitting on your couch, you're both on your phone, and you're fucking bored. That's when marriage begins. Because you start realizing, can I be bored with this person? Will this person shut the fuck up so I can enjoy daydreaming? That, my friend, is where marriage really starts. Start getting bored with your partner now. Find out if they can shut the fuck up for 30 minutes and let you have a daydream. If they can't, I don't know what to tell you. Don't tell you. But we often celebrate these things that don't matter. To me, listen, weddings, I used to be a huge wedding guy, oddly enough. Like, I was, like, so into it, and I always said I would have a big one. But then I realized, yeah, no, because the truth of the fact is most people don't fucking remember them. They don't remember them until you get divorced. No one really remembers. When people go, oh, yeah, I went to that wedding. It was good. But no one has any details about it. They just know it was good. It seemed fun. I had fun. Did the couple have fun? Probably not. They were running around having to do shit. I'm determined to have fun at my wedding. Determined. I'm going to enjoy my fucking day when it happens. Tell you that fucking much. I am not interested in shit I'm not interested in. I'm just not doing it. Can we get a picture? Hey, we'll get it, bruh. I'm in the middle of having some fun. We'll get to it. How about you go take pictures of some other shit? I'm having a good time with the boys. We're celebrating that I did it. I'm hanging out with my in-laws getting drunk. We'll get the pictures. And that's the thing about it, like, you put all that money on the engagement ring, but not the equal amount of money on the wedding ring. That's the more important ring. If anything, I think the engagement ring should look like shit. It should be a terrible ring. So you can test that person how much they love you based on will they show that ring to people. Get them the shittiest ring imaginable and see if she shows it to people. And if she does... That means she loves you. That's my theory. If you get her a really nice ring, of course she's going to fucking marry you. It's a really nice ring. Women do not like getting accessories and outfits they do not wear. They have to wear it. Even if midway through the engagement she realizes she doesn't want to be married to you, she will marry you just so she can have the ring-dress combo and then get divorced to you later. That's how women treat fashion. At least from my personal experience. But that's what you should do. Test her. Get her like a real shit ass ring. The smallest diamond imaginable. Something that's not even considered a fucking diamond. How small it is. It's a pebble. It's just nothing. A nub. And see if she shows that shit off. And if she shows it off, that's a real one. That's a real one. My opinion. Could be wrong. They're probably married couples listening to this podcast now going, you fucking serious? Yes, I am. Highly serious, kind of. But give it a shot. See what happens. But I never understood any of it. To me, 
I don't want to do an engagement photo shoot. Like, I, I feel like that's all of this, like, shit, like the engagement photo shoots, the engagement dinners, bachelorettes, ba- bachelorettes, bachelor parties, fucking all of it. It just feels like vanity. And I don't know, like, if you're getting married in a church, didn't God hate vanity? It is the devil's favorite sin, according to Al Pacino. So it just feels wrong. It feels like it's not about what it's supposed to be about. But it's because we have taken that institution and flipped it or taken that event and flipped it into what will people say about our wedding years from now, as opposed to did we enjoy ourselves? And I refuse to live like that. I won't. I realized that recently. I will not live like that. When my time comes, it's going to be about me and the person I'm marrying, my girlfriend. It will be about us. Fuck everyone else. Everyone else be damned. They don't got to show up. And if they didn't like it, keep it to your fucking self. That's how I feel it. The institution has been torn apart. It's been torn apart. It's no longer fun. I, I never I never met a guy that ever told me he had fun at his wedding. And that's sad. Because, you know, at the end of the day, he bought the most expensive part. And then it's expected, because let's keep it a buck, if a man's not a provider these days, he's seen as less of a man still. I don't care how 21st century we are now. He is still seen as less of a man. And he still has to work his ass to the bone to be the main provider. Because if he's not, women will have something to say about it. He has to bust his ass to be the rock of a household. But the wedding wasn't about him. Then what is about him? What part ever gets to be about him? The kid's not even about him, really. They take that from men too. Father's Day is about him. And Father's Day sucks. Because fathers don't get good gifts. Because truthfully, fathers don't really want anything. Men can literally close their eyes. And imagine things. Like have a a daydream. Uh, Think about a a sports game they once watched and be happy. Because we're such simple people. We just want to be happy. And we find happiness internally. We have to because, see, the thing about all this is people will remember that, okay, men run the world, but no one ever remembers the John Hughes movies where there is a jock and then there is Ducky and Ducky got his ass beat all the time. So Ducky had to find some inner peace real fucking quick because the majority of the men were not the jocks. Let's put that out there. But do men get anything? Probably not. We don't. We do get doors slammed on each other when people are angry. You know, I I think the reason why I don't like the hype around engagements is because I look at houses and I go, you know, the foundation of a house is not pretty. It's just the bare bones of what you need. And it's the house that matters. But we so often don't think about the foundation because we don't see it. And I think 
that kind of should be the engagement. The, the ring shouldn't matter. The fact that he acts shouldn't matter. Was the marriage successful? Will it be successful? How long do you think it'll last? Will it last? I think weddings shouldn't be that expensive. I think they shouldn't be that big either. It's not a special day really for the couple. It's not. It's for everyone else. And that's what makes it sad. You know, I, I would love to meet one husband that could tell me he enjoyed his wedding day. And in the many I've met, not a single one has told me they got to enjoy it. It was just stress. Not good, man. Not good. Maybe Marquise Jackson will have a better wedding since he gets $7,000 a month. So it won't be hard to raise money for a good one. If some bitch decides, well, let me not say some bitch. If some woman decides he's worth it, which I don't see the value in him at all. That's one sad ass fuck. But in the end, that's what it's all about. Perception. How you view things. What is reality for you? Are you allowing outside forces dictate your reality? Are you still mourning things you shouldn't be mourning anymore? Are you allowing people to dictate your happiness and how you do things that make you happy? Are you allowing society to tell you who you are? Are you allowing the fact that your parents weren't strong enough or they're few enough to dictate your present and future? It's all not real anyway. It's all fake. It's all made up. Society is just a bunch of people making it up as they go along. Once you accept that, you start to get a bit more forgiving. I know I have. You know, me and my dad, you know, we, we reconciled about 16 years ago. Probably a little bit more than that. And I stopped judging him as who I wanted him to be. And I accepted him as who he was. And from there... I decided what my relationship would be with him based on what that was, based on the reality of it and my perception of it. And once I freed him from the bonds of my own expectations, he was able to surprise me. He was able to give me the love he was capable of. And that's what Marquise Jackson needs to do. You got to let the man go. Because if you don't, you'll never get him back. You got to stop letting people tell you how you should be doing things. Because then you won't enjoy what you're doing. Weddings be damned. Be damned. Have a small one. Hang out with your friends. Only have the close people. Because guess what? They're the only ones that are going to be there for you. And truthfully speaking, the wedding should be about you guys. But guess what? You know, because guess what? Because in the darkest darkness of it all, it's just you two. No one else. 
nobody else. Not the 13th cousin you invited who shitted all over the wedding's menu. They're not going to be there. They're not even appreciating they were at the fucking wedding. So don't spend your money on engagement shoots like a loser. Don't have engagement parties. Bachelorettes and bachelor parties be fucking damned. Get rid of those too. Just get fucking married. Do not burden us with your fucking wedding. Just fucking get married. That's it. Now, I didn't tell that guy that that I spoke to. I wish I did. But to be honest, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Because the day's not about him, according to him. Damn shame. If you are a married couple out there who just heard this rant, um, may I suggest you have a recommitment ceremony? Because that's pretty great. And if you are still married and happily married over the course of a few years, you deserve that because that's the real, the real test. And you passed it. You have a functioning, working marriage and you deserve the applause because you put the work in. Not like these young fucks who are celebrating the bare minimum and celebrating just getting started. Because more often than not, when you throw big patties have photo shoots. I don't know why I'm fucking JFK now. But when you do all that shit in the beginning, more often than not, you end up like that drill. Cutting apart wood. I don't know. I tried to work the construction noise in. Terrible move. But in the end, you know, you don't know for sure. You don't know for sure if you'll make it to the aisle. You don't know for sure if you'll have a successful marriage. So spare yourself the embarrassment and just keep it low key. Keep it low key and do what matters for you and the person you're in love with. And if you're dealing with past trauma, know that there is no one there to save you. There isn't. Your family can only do but so much. Your friends can only do but so much. You have to save you. It has to be you. Because in the end, that's who you're fighting. You know, Cornell West talks about it. Cornell West says, you have to fight the gangster inside you before he gets you. And the gangster inside you could be many things. It could be, you know... Insecurity, it can be sadness, it could be depression, it could be anxiety, it could be, you know, you weren't loved enough or paid attention to enough or no one ever believed in you. You got to snuff that gangster out. Because if you don't, the gangster rules and he'll tell you what to do for the rest of your life until you snuff him. Back to back contemplative episodes i hope we still have listeners after this week um we don't talk about numbers here often but we have been since episode 49 in the triple digits and here's the thing commitment you know we keep putting these out and people keep listening so thank you um i'm highly appreciative of those who do and catch it on the flip bro I don't, I don't, I don't know. 
I'm appreciative because this is my outlet for a lot of my deep thoughts. Some would say go to therapy, maybe. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But then again, I think we all know how this one is going to end. Do you hear the construction noises? I hope you do. Because I hear them. And they're driving me 